As I travel around your country, one of the things that is it's really absent is not seeing the animals on the land. You know, to really get the soil biology and to get the health back in the soil, cover crops and this stuff are great, but we need the animals. That's what happens in nature. If you go out and observe nature, there's always animals in the background. We can halt global warming in its tracks. All we got to do is get the animals back out to sequester the carbon to put it back into the soil. My name is Greg Judy, and uh, we do uh, grazing, a term called mob grazing in the central United States, in Missouri. We're not too far from St. Louis. And we've been doing that now for 16 years, and uh, we are full-time grazers. And so can you tell me a little bit about how you got started? We were doing everything wrong. We bought the land, we bought the machinery, we bought the livestock. I say we, me and the bank. And after about two or three years, I wasn't having a lot of fun in agriculture. At the end of every year, the bank had all my money, and I was left with nothing. I had a good job in town, otherwise I wouldn't have survived. But I read an article, and that article said, your sole purpose in life should not be to own the land, but to control the land. And I'm like, really? I don't know why I hadn't thought about that. I started looking around my community, and here these idle parcels of land are owned by absentee landowners. And I'm like, aha, here it is. And so I got my first lease in 1999. And after one year, I signed a 10-year lease on 160 acres. After one year of leasing that farm, I had it leased for $200 an acre a year. Folks, this land was selling for two to $3,000 an acre. The landowner took my lease and ripped it up in front of my face and said, Greg, your lease isn't any good. My wife and I talked it over, we're gonna give you a lifetime lease. The hair on the back of my neck stood up because I was in dire straits at this time. The bank was ready to take my farm. And here was a guy giving me his farm because I did a good job of managing it. I'd put in paddocks, I was rotating the, the animals, I built new fence, all the posts were painted. I mean, it looked like a show place. And he lived in Dallas, Texas. I'm in Missouri. So we were the eyes and ears of his farm. Fast forward to today. Today we have 16 farms. 16. Four of those farms we now own. We don't owe anybody nothing. We own all of our livestock. But starting out, folks, I was a custom grazer. So I got paid a dollar a day per cow to graze their cows on somebody else's land. So my first book that I wrote was called No Risk Ranching, which is available on our website, greenpasturesfarm.net. So we were getting paid to graze other people's cows on other people's land. The quickest way to jumpstart your farm profitability-wise, invest in water and fence, and then get some animals out there and just start grazing what's growing on your farm. Don't go spend thousands of dollars putting all this fancy grass seedings in, graze what's there. When you start getting your animals tighter on a small area for a short period of time, let me stress that, short periods, and moving them, you're actually starting to change the biology of the soil. And you'll start to see other grasses come up. You'll start to see clovers come up. They were in the seed bank. The problem was they never got to express themselves because it wasn't treated correctly. Can you tell me a bit about putting your money on the best part of your land? If you're limited on funds and you're just starting out and you know you have a really pretty fertile area of your farm and the rest of it is severely degraded 
And let's say you've got a little money that you can bring in some purchased hay or maybe some silage clumps in the wintertime, and you're feeding your animals out on your land. Where do you want to feed them at? Everybody thinks, oh, you want to put it on your poor land. No, you want to put it on your most highly productive land. And that's because you're going to get a bigger return for your fertilizer buck. That's what this is. This purchased feed that you're buying is your fertilizer. Okay, you're bringing nutrients onto your farm. Put it on your highly producing areas. That way you're going to be able to grow a whole lot more grass. And you're going to be able to run more animals, more profit, more return back to your pocket. As your farm grows in profitability, now you can start tackling those lower producing areas. But start with your best. Make those just scream. Make those like jet fuel. Okay? You put good fertility on good land, man, is it going to produce a lot of forage. And folks, here's the deal. You're similar to us. I mean, you get winters, you get a lot of rain. We do too. But we don't put our animals up in a feedlot. We don't put them in a barn. We leave them out on the land. But we're moving them. Even in the wintertime, we're moving them around our farms. And so they're putting out the manure and the urine. We're not hauling all this straw and hay up into our barn and putting it in a feedlot. Now you've got to haul that crap out in the spring. Let the animals do it for you. But here's the key. You've got to get the right size animals. If your cows weigh 16 to 1,800 pounds and you're trying to graze in England when you've had 30 days of rain, that's not going to work. You've got to get your cows down in that 900 to maybe 1,100 pound range. They're smaller. Move them. Move them every day around that farm. They don't pug your farm up. Get your purchased hay or whatever you're going to feed them. If you're doing real good, you can grow stockpile, which is grass that is stockpiled in the fall, and you can meter that out all winter long to your animals. You don't have to feed them anything. We call it standing hay. So it grew on your farm. We didn't mow it. We didn't bale it. We let the animals harvest it right off the stem where it was grown on your farm. So we're capturing all the pee. We're capturing all the poop out on the pasture, which will grow us more grass the next year. Let's just say you had 100 acres or hectares, and you, you give the whole farm to the, that group of cattle or sheep or whatever. We're going to talk cattle. That's what we're talking about. It takes 27 years to cover your whole farm, every square foot of it, with a manure pile, with what we call continuous grazing. With mob grazing, where you're mobbing your animals up into a smaller area and you're moving them more frequently, it takes about one and a half years. You've covered every square foot of your farm with a manure pile. Now, what's so important about that? Well, I can tell you what. First of all, you're getting extremely good fertilizer utilization all over your farm. But better than that, if you take a soil penetrometer probe and stick it through a manure pile after it's been there for three weeks, and then stick it in the ground right next to the manure pile, you will bury that thing clear to the handle, as long as you don't have rock under your soil, but it just glides down through the soil. Why does it do that under a manure pile? It's because you have all these worm holes. The worms are aerating your soil. Where there is no manure, it's going to be tougher to push that probe in. The quicker you can cover your farm with manure piles, the quicker you can grow more grass, which means you can buy more cattle. Okay? That's what it's all about, folks. We have got to make a profit on the land. Otherwise, everything we're talking about here, it's not sustainable. And while I mentioned that word sustainable, let me clarify something. We're hearing a lot about sustainable. Oh, we want to be sustainable. No, we don't. We want to be regenerative. If you inherited your mom and dad's farm and it's been degraded and you're going to sustain it, 
You're sustaining a degraded resource. We want to build. We want to build soil, and you can do that with animals. So it's regenerative. We're making it better each year. I was particularly interested in you're talking about the thatch layer. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that and how you would deal with that. The problem that you get into is when you have an area of your property, you're not getting enough animal density. In other words, the animals aren't in there tight enough. And so we like to use the animal's hooves to tiller the soil a little bit, break down all that dead, decadent thatch onto the soil surface. And then the earthworms can come in and eat that. Folks, the earthworms are one of the most powerful soil building tools we have on our farm. And in good healthy soil, you ought to be able to pull back your thatch, which is laying on the ground now, trampled, and that should just be covered with earthworm castings. Guess what the pH is of an earthworm casting? It's seven. I think somebody knew what they were doing. We've boogered the system up by using all these chemicals and herbicides and pesticides. We need to get back to what worked for thousands of years before we came and invented chemical fertilizer. I would like to encourage people to invest in live breathing animals. Sell some of your machinery, get the animals back on your land. Even if you're a cover crop guy, you're a crop guy. Folks, you've got to get the animals out there. In the United States, there's a guy named Gabe Brown. He's a crop farmer, okay? He started with cover crops, but he didn't have livestock. His soil organic matter was about 0.5%. Today, some of his farmers clear up to 11%. Joe, hear that? 11% organic matter. He told me, he said, Greg, I could have done it a lot faster. It took him seven years. He said, I could have done it a lot faster if I had brought animals in right at the very start. But he said, when he brought the cows in, and he's got sheep now too, he said, that's when things just skyrocketed. Cover crops, animals, rest, using the animals to terminate. All these guys are spraying Roundup to terminate their barley and the wheat, all this crap. Why are we doing that? Roundups and everything, folks. Use the animals. Use the animals to terminate it. They can put it on the ground, and you're going to get something back. Roundup's a dead-end deal. You're killing your soil microbes. You're putting it in the water that you and your family are drinking. They're finding Roundup everywhere now. We don't need more Roundup on the land. We need animals. I would say as young people, if you don't have any money, and you like to get into agriculture, go look around your neighborhood. Go look for somebody that's doing what you want to do. Ask to get your foot in the door. If you've got somebody that's, that's grazing livestock and they're doing a pretty good job of it, go offer your services to them. Ask them if you could work for them on Saturday or Sunday or help move their cows or whatever. Do whatever you have to do to learn this. Get on the internet. There's tons of material out there on mob grazing, rotational grazing, animal agriculture. Folks, you can learn this and you can do it. It takes dedication. And when you start out, you can't expect to walk out on the land and automatically be a full-time grazer. You may have to work in town a few years or whatever it takes to get enough animals to where it is paying you a full-time wage. Now you can become a full-time grazer. But it, it's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life. And I, I just pinch myself every day that I get to graze grass and be with my animals every morning and listen to them rip, rip rip with that tongue ripping the grass blades off and to me I, all I hear is dollar signs ka-ching ka-ching and it's there's no fossil fuel it's all being done by a ruminant animal it's a wonderful life thank you obviously you love your animals but then also killing the animals how do you feel about that or what do you think about that it is a renewable resource 
um, you know, for thousands of years, even before we ever heard of vegetarians, we ate animals, we wore animals, we had skins uh, for shelter. Folks, if you want to have the debate about being a vegetarian, okay, you kill the animals because you're eating an animal. Vegetarians kill animals too. I mean, if you're growing soybeans or any kind of crop where you're tearing up the soil, you're killing billions and billions of animals underneath the soil. With all the stuff they're putting on the land to grow that vegetarian crop, you're also exporting that into the ocean. You're killing fish. We can't even eat a fish out of our rivers anymore because we poisoned their rivers. I mean, in Missouri, we have the Missouri River, the Mississippi. They warn you can't eat over three ounces of fish a week because of chloridane. Where'd that come from? It came from growing vegetables, soybeans, corn. Yes, animals are harmful if you put them in a feedlot. Why are we putting them in feedlots? After World War II, we had access to all this ammonium nitrate that we're bombing each other with. Well, now we started, oh, we can put that on the land. Well, when they started putting it on the land, they started growing more corn, more barley, wheat, whatever. Now, what are we going to do with all this excess grain? The people can't eat it all. Oh, let's feed it to that ruminant animal. Duh. That's where we're stuck at today. we got all these feedlots poisoning, poisoning our rivers and our water infiltration. It's not good. It's not good for the animals, and it's not good for the people. So if you're eating an animal that is eating green blades of grass, it's that ruminant animal is sequestering carbon out of the atmosphere and putting it back into the soil by the grazing process, and then they're moved. Folks, you can come onto our farm and see the water leaving our farm. It looks like it came out of a drinking glass. It's that clear. So we're healing our earth by keeping the water clean, the soil covered. I'm sorry, but if you're a vegetarian, you've got bare soil out there, folks. And that's because you drilled something out there or you planted it. You got bare soil. You are actually exporting soil off that precious farm and putting it into the rivers. Come and look at my farm after rain. I'm a meat eater, but you look at my water coming off the farm. It's clear. I love my soil. I love my animals, but I'm going to get another one next year. It's regenerative. So let's get off this kick that, oh, you kill animals. No, they've got another crop every year. It's natural as breathing. 